Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into episode number 556 of Underground Sports Philadelphia, presented by the City of Vineland. It's KB, it's Matt, coming at you from Underground Studios. we got a lot to dive into. The MLB trade deadline has come and gone, and the Phillies have two new members of their roster to push towards yet another Red October. We'll get into those moves, whether we like them, love them, or not impressed uh we'll get into the eagles we'll get into the union and uh whatever else comes to mind or comes via the uh the old comment section if you're watching live on twitch.tv slash underground sports phi chime in in the comment section uh but before we get into all of that make sure you're following us on all the socials at underground phi twitter instagram TikTok threads all at underground PHI. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five star rating and review. Goes a long way for helping this show continue to grow, helps more people find Underground Sports Philadelphia, and helps us do more cool stuff that we're planning on doing and makes it even better. So go subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. YouTube com slash at underground sports philadelphia that's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week uh we just announced on the most recent episode that it will no longer be the dan russo show obviously because coach russo has uh stepped down as head coach of vineland high school football but coach guzman confirmed with me he is uh going to take the reins and is now uh the new host of the vineland high school football coaches show that we are working on a a new name for but that is coming back this fall Eagles enemies coming back this fall. You get top bins on there with Matt and Dom. You get streamer season outside the box, getting the whole the whole nine yards. Uh, so go subscribe, youtube.com slash at underground sports Philadelphia. And uh, like I mentioned, this show is presented by the city of Vineland, uh, who just had their national night out that I saw was a wild success. Uh, and the City of Vineland Municipal Calendar features city-organized, city-sponsored, and city-affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org, is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and participate in local events. You can also follow the City of Vineland on their social media uh, pages, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and or YouTube. Uh, through these tools, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city vineland new jersey where it's always growing season a big thank you to security 21 security systems and paul j gillespie incorporated for their continued support of this podcast what's going on man living the dream the mlb trade deadline has come and gone back-to-back years of the deadline being in august um it's brought to you by our awesome merch partners over at phi apparel company uh they're running an awesome sale right now too for football gear that they have on their website all of their eagles merch including our philly dog shirt that we created in tandem with them uh you can get 20 percent off right now by using code kg20 in honor of the kelly green eagles jerseys being back it's gonna be a little bit cheaper than some of those jerseys too that were running around uh and that are being sold for exponential prices on the secondary market so go to phiapparel.co so you can stand out in the crowd you can get your underground sports philadelphia podcast merch for all of our podcasts get your kelly green uh eagles merch your philly dog shirt uh which just came out the eagles georgia players uh have a group chat now since i believe there are seven of them and the group chat is called philly dogs uh we made that shirt back in april and i guess they just they see our merch 
we want to get it to them and you can rock it as well phiapparel.co and anytime you can use code underground for 10 percent off any and all merch orders it's the most effective way to support everything we're doing and when you get your merch be sure to tag us tag phi apparel company we'll repost it i'm sure they will too uh phi apparel.co code underground for 10 percent off and all football gear through the end of this week code kg20 for 20 percent off phillies make two moves at the deadline matt they get uh what everybody i love this nickname for him uh he's south philly shohei michael lorenzen uh who famously did what Shohei was doing to a much lesser degree, but was the pitcher that was known for hitting home runs and could play a little bit of the outfield uh, in his time in Cincinnati. Now he's in the Phillies rotation. They're going to a six-man rotation for the next couple of weeks um, because the Phillies don't have an off day, I think, until the 14th of August. Um, And then they get Rodolfo Castro, who all of you will famously remember him as the member of the Pittsburgh Pirates a couple years ago who was stealing third base and his cell phone fell out of his pocket. That is Rodolfo Castro. He is the perfect Philadelphia Philly. Um, I like these two moves. The Phillies didn't have to give up too much to get either of them. Um, Bailey Falter goes to Pittsburgh for Rodolfo Castro. Phillies don't get to the World Series, let's be honest, without Bailey Falter last year. You know, as much as he struggled this year, Last year, he was such a a dependable pitcher down the stretch, pitched in the postseason, um, and the Phillies don't get to Game 6 of the World Series without Bailey Falter. So salute to Bailey Falter. And then they give up uh, an infield prospect who a lot of people were complaining because he's a high-end prospect in their system, and I I hate to break it to everybody. The prospect the Phillies gave up, and I'm going to pull his name up now so I don't uh, butcher it, how you Lee, he plays the middle infield positions, which are going to be blockaded for the next decade. Yes. If we've learned anything in Dave Dombrowski's tenure as, you know, the head honcho of, of the Phillies and the way he makes trades involving prospects, he trades prospects that the Phillies have a surplus of beneath their high-end talented guys. How you Lee was one of those guys. They they have Bryson Stott at second base. They have Trey Turner at shortstop. They they just drafted Aiden Miller, who plays third and shortstop. Alec Bohm is here at third base. How you Lee was never going to see the light of day at the major league level in the Philadelphia Phillies organization. So you send him to a team that is, you know, looking for talent, looking to rebuild. You have a connection with the Detroit Tigers. Michael Lorenzen has a relationship with a number of players on this Phillies team from Nick Castellanos. They played together in Cincinnati. Uh, He played with Bryce Harper when they were um, on the 16 and under like world's team. He played with Trey Turner at the collegiate world series. Um, He played with Brandon Marsh in LA. He's got good relationships with a ton of guys on this team. You add him into this mix of what everybody calls the one singular brain cell Philadelphia Phillies. I think he's a perfect fit for what the Phillies needed from a pitching standpoint at the trade deadline. Brandon Marsh had this to say about Lorenzen, um, like on how he'll fit into the clubhouse, like a glove. He's a great guy. He's awesome. Big biceps, big chest, nice shoes. So that is a ringing endorsement. I think. Uh, I think there. It's kind of <coughs> sorry. <coughs> It's exactly what we wanted, I think, out of the trade deadline for the Phillies. I think we talked a lot about really wanted to add a starting pitcher who could like you know fill in on the back end, and um, you know how important it's going to be to get Wheeler to get Nolo some rest, um, maybe even take a little bit of burden off the bullpen because uh, we've had to dip there uh, the last few weeks. Because the Phillies, by the way, have just been had, had a real bad habit or a good habit, I guess, depending on really how you want to look at it of being like one or two uh, score games. You know, they, they've been in a really lot of tight, tight games over, over the last few weeks. Um, so, you know, I think everyone's been kind of white knuckling it to this point. And this is going to give you, I think, a little bit of that breathing room. And it's similar to what we did last year, too, where you kind of extend that rotation a little bit. Um, kind of, again, if someone does pick up an injury, you've got a little bit more insurance now. And I think it's going to allow them to, to rotate. And he's honestly like a, a decent back half pitcher, too. Like, I, I think uh, I think all the way around. Yeah, he is like the... Uh, if we have Otani at home, you know, kind of, uh, <laughs> kind of situation. It's a bummer we, uh, you know, we we finally get someone like that after we get rid of uh, the DP. But um, you know, I I just think uh, 
I, I think it's a nice move. And yeah, I think, I think all across the board, the Phillies, it wasn't extravagant. I don't think we expected it to be. Um, I don't think either the prospects we gave up either or, or players that we gave up are really anything that, uh, you know, I, I just, people have a tendency to really overrate their own prospects. And we've seen that with the Phillies over the years. Um, you know, and I would say it's, it's hard to imagine too many guys or think of too many guys that have really burned us in the last five or six years. And we have moved on from uh, quite a few guys. So there's obviously some, you know, that have gone and had uh, good major league careers, but largely speaking, you know, you have to push in your chips sometimes. And, you know, when this team is pushing really hard for a wild card spot coming off the back of a World Series uh, appearance, I think this is the right time to maybe, yeah, you know, cash in some of those chips a little bit. Um, so I like it. I, I think, uh, again, it, it's, it's a good addition. It's, it's kind of exactly what we had hoped for. Um, and, you know, the Phillies could theoretically still make moves too. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's, uh, there's, if you think of like the way this roster had changed even from August, you know, in years past, you know, like, uh, we saw Didi Gregorius, you know, like, and obviously he, he did not become or, or end up being really a part of the Phillies team uh, in the final months. So, you know, like things could still change. Um, but I do think this, largely speaking, is probably uh, where the Phillies are. And this also, too, like Lorenzen has a, is cost controlled, right? For a few, he has, uh, or is this a rental? I is think he... he's a rental, but it, he he's the type of guy, yeah, he's a free agent going into 2024. Uh, he's the type of guy, though, that like you trade for him now. I think it would be one of the first moves if he plays well down the stretch that like, it would not shock me if the Phillies signed him to like a two year deal in the off season. So I was just thinking, you know, because we were talking about too, that, um, you know, with painters injury that maybe this changes the way they look at the trade deadline, uh, and who they want to get, uh, whether that's someone on a cost controlled contract, which might cost you a little bit more or someone that they like like this, that maybe they want to see for two months and maybe get a better on on if, if they want to extend, um, See, I think it's good. You know, Dombrowski, listen, I, <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to like overplay my hand a little bit here, but uh, too much here, but I, you know, I think he's one of the better executives in Philly. I think, you know, mm-hmm. I think he's, he's in the, not quite in the Howie. Uh, I think he's firmly entrenched like number two behind but Howie. I, I think he's, I think he's up there, you know, like in, in his time here, he has been aggressive and honestly, a lot of his, a lot of his decisions have paid off for us um aggressive and smart yeah n- nothing has been outlandish you know I, I wouldn't say there's been there's really not been a big all-in kind of push because the Phillies haven't really needed to be you know the Phillies have not been like on a brave space where it's like this mm-hmm. is the year you know like this is where you really go all in because whatever weakness you have fill it because this is your best shot um but yeah I think uh I think he deserves a lot of credit for for what he's done and what it, uh, just the difference it's been uh, you know, in front office management over the last few seasons with him. And uh, I, to me, this this just makes me very hopeful for the rest of the Philly season. So, And Rodolfo Castro just turned 24. So he's super young. A lot of people apparently like in pirate circles from what I was gathering on Twitter were surprised that they gave up on him so quickly. Um, That's the interesting thing about Dabrowski too is like, it's been a lot of you. He was known, I think, he came with a reputation at least for pushing in and getting like the veteran stars and you know kind of depleting the farm system and you know going all in on on today's stars. You look at like, you know, Brandon Marsh is a perfect example, right? Like of get this guy that you is young and that you feel it like can develop and has the tools that you want and uh, you know build from there. And I I think again you're seeing that uh, there with Rodolfo too that um, you're getting a younger player that you, you can develop, that fills a need. Uh, He's you know. a switch hitter. Yeah, and I, I just, I, I think that's um, that's maybe not the approach that we expected with Dombrowski, right? And again, I don't I don't know those his reputation coming in, but um, this team has not gotten old, you know, on, mm-hmm. under Dombrowski. You know, it's not like we've been going in again on all these, uh, you know, established veterans. Now, we've, I think the only time we've really done that, <laughs> funnily enough, is with, like, relief pitching. Um, we, we love, <laughs> we love a, a former, you know, <laughs> Kimbrel type of signing, right? Like that has definitely been, um, you know, uh, Cy Gibson uh, last year too. Like we love to go in and get the the sort of established veteran guys there. But um, largely speaking, you know, even Trey Turner, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you're getting someone, you know, what we hoped was in his prime career. Um, but you know, it, it, kind of going after those guys rather than uh, you know, yeah, a, a different kind of profile. Which happy one year anniversary of. Marsh Madness to to all who celebrate. Brandon Marsh has officially been a Philly for a year. Um, one, I, you know, he has 
some some ups and downs, but one of the more consistent players, I think, in this Phillies lineup over the last year. And I think trading for Brandon Marsh is going to go down as one of the more important moves in recent Phillies history in terms of just like solidifying a position that the Phillies were longing for since Shane Victorino. Yeah, I think, um, again, uh, he's he's filled a great need um, and has been fantastic. And I think, again, people always assume that he's like this older guy. And I think for a while he was like the youngest (laughs) Philly that we had. Um, I think he's just... He's just one of those people that has probably looked uh, about 31 since he was 15, you know? Yeah. Um, I know you and I both love looking at baseball reference and finding fun baseball player names. Uh, can you guess the two nicknames that Michael Lorenzen has listed on his baseball reference page? Uh, I have no idea. These things are always absolutely insane. Um, I was actually looking, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about this exact thing. They were reading off like NFL players' uh, nicknames, mm-hmm. and one of Tom Brady's is the Pharaoh. <laughs> Where the hell does that come from? No one has ever called him that. One of Kevin Durant's was the Servant. No one has ever called what? Kevin Durant the Servant. No one has ever done that. That's hilarious. I, I'm waiting in anticipation though for uh, for the Servant. So number one, he might have to change this one now that he's in Philadelphia. Um, but it's Cowboy. Okay. The other one is he like from Texas or something? He is let's see. He's from Anaheim, California. Okay, so no. <laughs> the other one fits Anaheim and fits his aesthetic. Zen Master. Okay. Yeah, that's a little better. Uh two very different vibes, I just yes. want to say. When I think of Cowboy, I don't think of Zen and the when I think of Zen, the Yeah, I uh, I, I do not think of uh <laughs> those things being related at all. I, I like this move. He's going to be wearing number 22 for the Phillies. I think that's a great number uh, for him. Throughout his career, he's worn number 50, 21, and 25. So he's adding a new number to the uh, repertoire there. He's also making his debut on Thursday. So Michael Lorenzen's uh, Phillies debut will be in the powder blues. Very nice. It's going to be beautiful. Um, Rodolfo Castro will wear number 29 for the Phillies. Um, that move, to me where Lorenzen is a, a bit more of an escalated uh, version of trading for Noah Syndergaard last year, in my opinion, because Lorenzen this year, an all-star, he's having a career year um, in terms of just like the way he's performed and the way that I think a lot of people view him. Um, he's got a three five eight ERA this year in 18 games. He's 5-7 and seven playing for the Detroit Tigers, who are, you know, one of the worst teams in terms of run production to help your pitchers. Um he's a bit more of an escalated version of that, but the Rodolfo Castro trade reminds me kind of Edmundo Sosa-esque where you get this utility infielder that team desperately needs, obviously for a number of reasons. Um, But he's also like super young. And I feel like he's a player that if he continues to develop the way that I think Dombrowski hopes he will, he's a guy that could be here kind of long-term. Absolutely. Um, and even Edmundo Sosa, right, like has had, he's been given opportunities within this team too, you know, especially the, the beginning of the season. Um, hasn't worked out as fully as you'd like, but, you know, had moments in the playoffs last year too, you know, so. Uh, Sparked that run against the Cardinals. Right, so you hope that, uh, you know, that impact can be the same. And it just, you know, I think really gears the Phillies up for what should be honestly a very exciting uh, run in now, you know, because. Now you're you're really starting to look ahead um, as we turn into August, uh, you know, at the rest of the wild card, and it becomes a little more serious now. Um, and that's started too with this Marlins series, which has gone great. <laughs> you would have loved to to play Pittsburgh a little better, um, you know, and, and come out with a, a better record from that series. But you know, they come into the series with with big expectations, and now. Um, have started out really well, so that's that's a big positive. You know, both of these guys, I think, are, are just really nice additions. Um, again, not peel your paint off type of stuff, but uh, a really good spot for the Phillies. And Castro signed um, through twenty twenty three at seven hundred twenty five thousand dollars, but he's not arbitration eligible until twenty twenty six, and he's not a free agent until twenty twenty nine. And he the fact running that backs you... had it bad. <laughs> the fact that you got that for Bailey Falter. At this value of Bailey Falter, that's robbery to me because this is a guy I think you you pair him up with Kevin Long, you pair him up, um, you know, with the guys on this roster. 
to to just teach him the ways of, of you know the major leagues and everything with him being as young as he is at only 24 years old that could end up being a a long-term heist when we look back at it and that's no slight to Bailey Falter whatsoever but you kind of traded him at the the lowest point of his value and you're getting a guy back who's not arbitration eligible for another three seasons so I think overall I I'd grade this a solid a uh, trade deadline for Dave Dombrowski back-to-back years where I think he's done the right things to acquire the the pieces that this team needed while you know not mortgaging the future too much and you know like you said coming in we were nervous about Dave Dombrowski being you know the the guy in charge for the Phillies because he's notorious for blowing up farm systems and you know trading away the youth to go all in on on one singular world series and I feel like he has done the complete opposite of that in the best ways with the Phillies where sure he's traded high level prospects but it is those prospects that are in surplus that are gonna be blocked from the major league level and getting talent back that has helped this team win and obviously last year go six games into a world series and I think these two moves are, are gonna help them as well um and and you didn't give up pretty much anything that that is going to affect you long term yeah I think uh, it's definitely been a measured approach and I like it um some of the other moves made across uh major league baseball Matt can, can we post the uh the guy on the grave? chucking up the peace sign with the Mets <laughs> it's it's quite the turnaround to go from committing all that money to Scherzer and Verlander be like just kidding I'm joking I'm joking oh, uh, I was just kidding <laughs> come on what murder <laughs> um I mean shout out to Justin Verlander ultimate bag chaser just <laughs> leaves get paid right back to Houston and he's gonna probably turn back into a Cy Young uh, candidate and uh, probably get him back to the World Series. You know, that's just the... some true sicko shit by, by old Uncle Stevie, by traded Scherzer and Verlander, both to Texas, rivals, both competing for the ALS crown. Yeah, well, I mean, he said, you know, if, uh, if things don't improve, we're going to we're gonna make some moves at the deadline, and uh, he's a man of his word, at least on that end. Um, <laughs> it is hilarious. I will be laughing about it for I don't know how long. It's the epitome uh, of low Mets. I mean, it, it's kind of shocking um, just when you consider, like, the pitching talent that has left New York over the last, like, five years. Um, if you could compile the pitching that the Mets have lost and the positional players that the Nationals have lost, you legitimately would have probably, like, a 100-win baseball team. I, I, I think you would. It's shocking. It's shocking just what the castaways of the NL East have, uh, have accomplished. I was crying. I forget who tweeted, but somebody said um, you could literally create a, a World Series rotation with the pitchers that the Mets have lost over the years. And somebody quotes me and said, yeah, the Phillies proved that. Yeah, and I mean, Taiwan Walker. Taiwan Walker. Yeah. Taiwan Walker, Wheeler. by the way. Uh, best pitcher in baseball? Most wins, baby. <laughs> I mean... Until further notice, wins are the most important pitcher stat. I have always said grading uh, Cy Young candidate. I have always said that win. Well, that's what I heard last year. That didn't. Yeah. That that innings pitched and being the the main focal point of your team didn't matter. It was just about the the counting numbers. And I mean, there's really wins. no more important counting number than wins, baby. As Al Davis once said, "Just win, baby." Yeah, I'm just. That's saying. what Taiwan Walker does. He puts the W in win. Talk about a turnaround, <laughs> because first two months of this season. Um, very very rough the last few uh I, i'm almost half joking when i said best pitcher in baseball <laughs> because he's legitimately been uh Cywan been, walker yeah, he's been very very good print the shirts um, his come on has, has been fantastic and again you know just just even back to the tread deadline stuff you have i think taiwan continues that you keep wheeler and nola uh rested and healthy that is a very like nice top three ranger uh, had a nice bounce back this rangers week. has a nice back you know like you have four playoff starters uh that the, the, the Phillies can roll out that was not the case last year you know I, I really think they were lacking on that fourth um and I, I think that that puts you in a good spot I think that makes me happy personally so yeah and I mean you add Lorenzen to the mix Christopher Sanchez has pitched very well yeah um and then playoff time you're throwing a guy who was an all-star in Michael Lorenzen more than likely into the bullpen yeah. as as a guy who can come in pitch innings and, and be versatile for you and you know say one of your pitchers has a, a not so hot start to a playoff game 
you're throwing another starter out on the mound who has been deployed in relief before in his career. And I, I think we can't overstate it enough, too. Michael Lorenzen is coming to the Phillies where Caleb Cottom is his pitching coach again, who yeah. was his pitching coach in Cincinnati. So I think that's also a huge booster adding his his all-star season now to a pitching coach that he's extremely familiar and comfortable with. I, I think that's not getting talked about enough. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, some of the other moves made around Major League Baseball. Thank God we didn't get Tommy Pham. Yeah, I was nervous for a, a hot minute when the tweet about Tommy Pham peeking his head into uh, the manager's office and then he left in street clothes. I was so nervous that we were going to get a Todd Zalecki tweet that Tommy Pham had been traded to the Phillies, but he goes to the Diamondbacks, thankfully. Um Mark Kana goes from the Mets to the Brewers. Um, not really a a seller's market in terms of hitting this year. Yeah, it was a big pitching market, which I thought we were going to end with uh, Teoscar Hernandez so for a little I. bit there, and I, I would have liked that. I think um, not having an optimal year, but uh, given his history, I, I don't think that would have been a bad uh, acquire whatsoever. I just wanted to throw this at you because I was just I was just like. I I wanted to see. I was trying to find this stat about how often the Phillies have been behind this year because it just feels like all the time they're coming from behind. Um, but I did find you know the Phillies have like I said been in a lot of close games. Um, so the Phillies are in the top ten in winning percentage in close games according to, to team rankings. They're number eight with a, a five seven one winning percentage, which is pretty damn good. Baltimore, Miami, and Atlanta are all in the top three. Baltimore has a a sixty six zero. Uh, winning percentage <laughs> in close games, which is just unbelievable. Incredibly surprising team at second to bottom. I think you could imagine who the bottom team might be in all of Major League Baseball in close games. Um, they just so happen to be one of the bottom teams in MLB in general. It's got to be the Oakland A's. It is the Oakland A's. Okay. Second bottom, any guesses? Uh, I will say it is an NL team that is a playoff hopeful and we're a playoff team last year. Ooh. And this is bottom level of close games. Yes, this is a bad winning percentage in close games. Is it the Phillies? No. Okay. Phillies are in the top ten. Okay. Phillies are in the top okay. ten. That's right. You said that. It okay. is the San Diego Padres. <laughs> That's what's in, baby. Point three seven three winning percentage. Uh, in close games. The Cubs also down there, too, with a .385. Can we just talk about how stupid it was of the Cubs to not be sellers at the deadline? I Yeah, I think it's weird. It's always tough. Some part of me, I think, always kind of likes when teams keep their players and try and make the push. Um, and the fact that the division is kind of open, you know, they're, they're, they're not just looking at the wild card. I, and there is two months left in the season. I get it. Um does feel like a decision though you could look back on and maybe be a little frustrated at but i don't know you you're th- you're just you're what three games back four games back in that division i think i think i i don't hate it um but yeah it does feel like just strange just feel like in october they could be maybe kicking themselves also strange bit, that the yankees did not sell any of their rentals yankees are uh a strange strange team and i love it because i've i've seen yankees fans complaining about how I hope that they actually miss the playoffs and just wake this team up. And it's like, it must be so hard for you to be a fan of a team that is finally just like a normal team that just kind of sucks sometimes, you know, that just doesn't get imagine the Imagine rooting for a poverty franchise. <laughs> just, yeah, imagine not having a World Series appearance in the last, like, I don't know, year. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> it couldn't be us. <laughs> that is crazy. Uh, um, Jack Flaherty goes to the Orioles. I like that move a lot for the Orioles. Um, they did, The Cardinals didn't trade off any of their outfielders, which was rumored all throughout the day yesterday um, towards the deadline. Um, strange move by the Diamondbacks trading Andrew Chafin to the Milwaukee Brewers with the Diamondbacks still being in the mix for the wild card. That, that was a strange move, especially since they went and acquired a closer from the Mariners. Uh to sell off from your bullpen when Chafin's having a, a phenomenal year for you was very strange. And you sell him to a team that you're potentially fighting for a wild card spot with in the Brewers. That was a, a strange, like one for one move that didn't really compute in my brain. You don't see a lot of uh, deals like that very often either where you're 
looking at at someone very close to you and uh, and making a move. Uh, the Angels just blew the market open uh, a couple days before the deadline too. Bizarre, um, by the way, and just like ruined the entire market to beg Shohei Otani to stay. Um, they trade for Lucas Giolito, who got absolutely boat raced today as we record this on Wednesday uh, against the Atlanta Braves. Um, then they go out and trade for Randall Grichik, which I don't know if you saw this or not. Randall Grichik, original team was the LA Angels. He gets traded with CJ Crone, both of them from the Rockies to the Angels at the uh, day before the deadline. Randall Grichik was the first player the Angels took when they had back-to-back picks all the way back in 2009 when the second player they took was Mike Trout. Well, I, just two birds of a feather. Randall Grichik feels like he's 40 years old. <laughs> Almost, Phillies were interested in Grichik too, mm-hmm. weren't they? So He was thrown around there. But like when I saw that Grichik was an original angel, I was like, okay, I kind of remember that. And then seeing that he was the player taken of the first of the two back-to-back picks they had and the other was Mike kids Trout, that. I was like, Randall Grichik feels like he's like 37 years old, not Mike Trout's age well. or anywhere close to us. <laughs> you love it. Um, yeah, CJ Crone ends up getting traded as well. He was rumored to be a Philly for quite some time. Um, doesn't end up happening. I think the the lack of outfield bat like interest by the Phillies and – first base interest by the Phillies is one coupled that Bryce Harper's doing a fantastic job at first base. Um, Christian Pache is going to be back at some point this season as well. Johan Rojas has come on extremely well, especially defensively for the Phillies in center field. And I think Dombrowski said this to the athletic, if I'm not mistaken, he said, you don't want to get redundant with what you already have. And, I think that's kind of just a message from the front office to the players currently on this team. Like, hey, we have the pieces in place here. You just have to do your part. I think that was the the mess underlying message to um let's just gonna Matt Gelb talk about this, that they really felt like they had a lot of what they wanted already in house, that they didn't feel a ton of pressure to go out and um, you know, make a deal and that they were fine being a little patient and I think that's paid off for them. And I, like you said too, like you look around at the competition that we have for the wild card no one in the, the national league really made any big splashes you know there, there's a few like on the margin moves but I, I, would, I would honestly say of the wild card teams especially like probably the most active team in uh, in addressing our issues and I, I think already the phillies have um of pretty much all the wild card teams I, I think the the best roster and you know um i, I think have sort of capped around that now and, and shored up a little bit of their weaknesses so i like the aggressiveness i like that we were aggressive when others weren't, and uh, you know, hopefully that's our game. Yeah, I mean the the Diamondbacks they they get a closer, they trade Chafin. The Marlins did a, a very strange trade yesterday. Uh, you know, fifteen minutes before game time, trade off their number three and number eight hitter in the lineup. Um, I also saw a great tweet. Um, the Marlins and Guardians got bad karma because they did wrong by Gene Segura. Um, Marlins traded Segura to Cleveland. Cleveland then instantly released him. And uh, the Marlins lose in effective walk-off fashion with a nice little two-run bomb by Nick Castellanos on Liam's 10th birthday. And then the Guardians got no hit by Frambert Valdez. <laughs> How much does Sandy Alcantara hate the Philadelphia <laughs> This man has pitched some of the best games I've ever seen in my life from an opposing pitcher and is like over 18. It is unbelievable. It is every time he plays the Phillies. It is like uh, it's like the Otani Trout thing where yes. it's like they haven't they're doing something since 1936 as they fell seven to four to the Tigers. That is Sandy Alcantara every time. Like eight and two thirds pitched, fourteen strikeouts, zero earned runs, no walks. <laughs> Marlins fell to the Phillies two one. <laughs> just unbelievable. How badly does Sandy Alcantara just want to be like? Can can I go over there? Yeah, I come on, brother. Literally any any bring time. it. Um, a lot of people online clamoring for the Phillies to bring back Gene Segura. <coughs> Is that one uh, K- KBIZZL311? <laughs> as much as I would love Gene back simply just for vibes alone, 
look at Gene's stats this year. Now, I don't know if that is because he's playing on the Marlins and the Marlins just suck you of all your your life force uh, to give it to Luis Arise so he can dance around 400 for the season. But um, Gene's hitting like 220 this season. Would he be better in a situation that he's more comfortable in, like the Phillies? Maybe. Um, I just don't know if Gene Segura is the answer um, when you have just acquired Rodolfo Castro, when you have Mundo Sosa, Trey Turner, Alec Bohm, Bryson Stott. It just feels like a big old log jam there. I don't know where he fits in, right. unfortunately. And, uh, like, sure, bench bat, but, like, I think at this point in his career, like, Gene Segura would much rather be playing as much as possible. Um, would I like to see it? Sure. Just based on like him being a fan favorite and bringing his energy back to the clubhouse. Because anytime the Phillies played the Marlins this year, like it felt like Gene Segura was hanging out with the Phillies players more than the Marlins players. Um, but I just don't see where he fits in, uh, the equation to give him ample playing time to make it worth his time and worth the Phillies time to have him on the roster. Yeah. I love it. Um, trying to think of any other big moves that were made it it really felt like it was like Mets or bust like you were you were trading for Mets players or nothing else of of high marquee note like last year and I think a lot of that has to do with there's so many teams still in the mix in the wild card both American and National League I, I was texting Dylan the other day I think there's only like seven teams in baseball that you could kind of declare dead going into the deadline yeah. and it's the A's, obviously, the Royals, the Rockies, now the Mets, the Nationals, um, the White Sox, the White Sox, Tigers, you could Tigers probably, um, and like maybe the Mariners because they were like <clears throat> by Selmon and they're such a weird team, but like those first seven are kind of like the oh the Cardinals, yeah, they're the dead teams, everyone else kind of feels like they have a chance to to compete to get into the wild card to win their division um and i think that throws a lot of things off and there's not that many expiring contracts this offseason like this is a this is going to be a very like strange winter i think for baseball because there's not that many like marquee free agents per se outside of otani um where everybody's focus is going to be so i think that also threw a wrench into the trade deadline was that there wasn't that many expiring contracts to trade for that would have been worth giving up high-level prospects in return. Yeah, I like it. Um, so the trade deadline, come and gone. Thrilled with what the Phillies did. Um, let's take a look at the NL East and, of course, Major League Baseball run differentials. It's brought to you by our friends over at Wasted Wedge. A new age of golf has arrived, and if you're looking to be the talk and envy of your group and create memories with your friends and family, look no further than their lineup of Wasted Wedge products and merchandise on their website, uh, wastedwedge.com. These Wasted Wedges are a blast to drink out of on and off the course, and you guys can check them out at wastedwedge.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and threads at Wasted Wedge. And because it is... Uh, National Golf Month for the entire month of August. You can use code SUMMER23 for free shipping on any orders at WastedWedge.com. That's code SUMMER23 for free shipping at WastedWedge.com. Be sure to follow them on Instagram and Facebook at WastedWedge. Uh, so looking at the NL East run differential now, Matt, the Atlanta Braves at 69 and 37. Uh, they have, I believe, the best run differential in all of baseball. At plus 159, um, they're just on a, a tirade right now in terms of hitting. It's going to be so funny when they lose in the first round. It's oh, I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Um, it's also I saw a tweet the other day, too. The Braves have effectively been using a three-man rotation all season, Yeah, which is even crazier. And it combined $27 paid to each of them. I can't wait for Reese Hoskins to come back in the NLDS and just absolutely smoke one off Spencer Strider again. Uh, Phillies in second place at 58 and 49. Um, they currently have a plus 12 run differential. The stupid Miami Marlins at 57 and 51 have a negative 25 run differential. Fewest runs in the division by a wide margin. 
the 50 and 56 New York Mets. <laughs> <laughs> Never gets old. They have a negative 11 run differential. And the best part, too, for yesterday to end the way it did, the Mets lost in a walk-off balk. Mm-hmm. It was just beautiful. Um, we play we played quite a few games against the Mets down the stretch. Yes, we do. There. There's a four-game set at the end of September, and then the final season uh, series at City Field. Yeah, maybe they just give up hope. <laughs> and then the stolen franchise, Washington Nationals, at 46 and 63, have uh, 468 runs scored this season, but they have a negative 93 run differential on the season. Um. The NL Central is just so stupid. The Cubs are one game over 500, but have a plus 67 run differential. They scored like 20 runs the other night. Um, the Reds, Brewers, Pirates, and Cardinals all with negative run differentials, and the Reds and uh, Brewers are ahead of the Cubs in the standings. The Colorado Rockies with the worst run differential in the National League and slowly creeping into second place overall in baseball. They have a negative 160 run differential on the season. Um, and still somehow try to get cute and, and try to bring up the, the April series against the Phillies when uh, Bryce Harper wanted to fight their corny dugout. Tough. Tough, Tough scene. scene out there. Um, the Oakland A's, worst record in baseball, have given up a league-high 649 runs this season, which, again, the Rockies are creeping up on the runs against of the Oakland A's at 627. The A's have given up 649. It's the race that we didn't know we needed, but uh, here we are. Uh, And then the Kansas City Royals, also in the basement, they've given up uh, 168 runs on the season. And uh, every team in the American League East has a positive run differential one way or the other, ranging from plus 142 to plus 2. The AL East is a is is a minefield, and the AL Central is where I would love to be. It is a it is a metal. AL Central or even NL Central. Yeah. Like that that <clears throat> seems like such a winnable division. And right now, the uh, the current state of the wild card as well. Uh, the Phillies are the second wild card right now. Which, if I remember correctly, the top two wild cards play each other, and then the third wild card plays the worst record of the division winners. Yes. Because that's what we did last year. Yes. Um, so if the season were to end today, Matt, we would have good old-fashioned wild card round series with old friend Gabe Kapler. I got to tell you, there's no part of me that would enjoy watching the Phillies play the Giants in a, a playoff series. I'd say that much. I, it would bring back core nightmares. I caught a chill up my back just thinking about it. Phillies are tied with the Giants in the loss column, uh, but the Giants have one more win uh, going into today. And uh, the Milwaukee Brewers are the third wild card. And then the division winners right now, division leaders, I should say, are the Dodgers, the Reds, and the Braves. And then the Diamondbacks and Marlins are both a half game out of that final wild card spot. So them, along with maybe the Cubs, if they continue to hit the way they are, are the teams that are kind of in the mix down the stretch here that you're worrying about and kind of keeping an eye on if you're a Phillies fan in terms of the standings um, and who you're competing against. I mean... Philly's schedule is pretty interesting down the stretch, uh, if I'm not mistaken. You know, you've got the Marlins for two more games, which are very important games this, to this point in the season. This is the most important series of the year um, in terms of just distancing yourself from the Marlins. Uh, then this weekend starts a long home stretch, Matt. We are, the Phillies are at home from August 4th to August 13th with no days off, which is nice. You're all at home. Um all these games, though, against the Royals, the Nationals, and the Twins. Very, very, very nice. winnable games. Yes. Should be winning, uh, what? That's that's what, 11 games? It's, uh, three against the Royals, four against the Nationals, and three against the Twins. So, so 10 games? 10 games. Should be winning 7 out of 10, I think. I think at bare minimum, you should, you should be, handle nice 7 out of 10. Um, and then... After that, you have an off day on the 14th. You go to Toronto for two. Off day on the 17th, you go to D.C. for three. And then another nice long home stretch of nine games in ten days against the Giants, huge series, the Cardinals, and then Mike Trout and Shohei coming to town. 
well, Shohei can get a maybe do some apartment searching, some house searching, yeah. get a get accustomed to his new home. Um, before September starts, where some September's going to be the Phillies need to lock in month. This the, the September schedule. You start on the road for six games at Milwaukee, at San Diego, then you come home, play three for a weekend series against the Marlins. Then you have four games against the Braves with that 9-11 doubleheader. Gotta love it. Then you have a six-game road trip, weekend in St. Louis, and then you go to Atlanta, and then you come home for four against the Mets, off day on the Monday, three at home against the Pirates, and then you go to City Field against the Mets to end the season. Yeah. So, get your wins in August. Yes. Let's, let's put ourselves Rack in up the wins. Um so let's take it from the baseball diamond to the gridiron. It's brought to you by our friends over at Kenwood Beer, the official beer partners of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Uh, it's a refreshing, no-frills beer that just got a nice little refresh and rebrand themselves with those nice gold tops, new-looking logo. And they're available in the Philadelphia and now Pittsburgh areas as well. You can go to KenwoodBeer.com and use the Kenny Tracker to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia and Pittsburgh areas. Must be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. Uh, Matt, your thoughts on the Kelly Green jersey reveal? (laughs) I've never been a – for some people, I'm glad. I'm glad they have what they've wanted for so long, and so I will enjoy their happiness. I got to say, when I saw the first picture online, it reminded me a lot of one of the Jets' alternate uniforms from the last few years. It's a lit. It's not quite Kelly Green enough for me. Kelly Green to me was always a little more muted, mm-hmm. but I think it looks nice. I think um, it does look different in every photo you see. Yeah, sometimes it looks much more bright. Sometimes it does look a little bit more muted. I would be interested in seeing it in person. I'm sure I will be seeing it in person. Um, I do like the throwback stuff. Um, I think it's popular for every team. So uh, for me, I am uh, I'm pretty neutral on it. It was not something that I was pining for, but I'm glad that for a very vocal majority of, of people that they have their Kelly Greens. They'll be wearing them uh, for two games this year. One of them is Sunday Night Football on October 22nd against your Miami Dolphins. And the Dolphins are depriving us of a nice throwback Sunday Night Football. So they will not be wearing their throwbacks during that game. Hopefully they... No they f- helmet. No helmet Dolphins. Messed up. They flex that uh, for themselves. And then they'll also be wearing them November 26th uh, at what might be uh, the day of the apocalypse because that's when the Buffalo Bills come to town. <laughs> Could be. <yeah. laughs> I would I would hate to be a table in uh, the tri-state area. Instead of Hydra Kids, Hydra, hydra Tables. Yeah. Um, so those are the two games that Kelly Greens are going to be worn at. Um, I love the ridiculous training camp stories that that come out each and every year um i'll start with the funnier one that is with a former eagle did you see the quote from mac hollins this past week where uh he said he doesn't use utensils when he eats um he said use your hands that's what they're there for um what (laughs) there's not that many foods that you can eat with your hands i listen i am not one of these people that's like if you, sometimes you got to use your hands. I get that. I like a finger food and a sandwich, all that kind of stuff. Cool. Go for it. But there is, um, there's a limit to what your hands can really do without it just being, I'm just imagining him just trying to eat like rice. Like you just, you just digging in with your little paws. I just, uh, I cannot, I cannot abide by here's, that. Here's the full quote. Uh, just eat with your hands. The new Falcons wide receiver said, that's what they're there for. Further, utensils are, aren't merely unnecessary in Holland's perspective on dining etiquette, but possibly a sign of weakness. Quote, I think that makes you soft, he said uh, Friday after the Falcons finished practice. Uh, but that's a whole nother discussion. What makes you soft and what doesn't? Well, judging by that, I think he, maybe he was joking. Um, if not, uh, I think he's been watching a little too much Andrew Tate. That's, <laughs> that's my... also said, if you can't eat with your hands, you shouldn't be eating it. To which the reporter said, soup, question mark. And he said, you shouldn't be eating soup. You've never seen a lion eat soup. You've never seen a gorilla eat soup. You've never seen anything savage eat soup. I think lions would love soup, Yes, number one. And I'm sure gorillas would do. I I would love to see a gorilla eat soup. 
I'm sure they have. I'm just bizarre. The line of next. You've never seen anything savage eat soup. Have you seen us? There's literally not a more savage and depraved animal on the face of the earth than human beings. So I don't know what to tell you, Mac. Uh, did you see the clip of him too? He does not look human anymore. He is bulked up. Oh, I'm to sure it's totally natural. I'm sure ridiculous and, levels. I'm sure him and the Liver King have uh, been. Uh, That's what he looks. Been like. chopping it up. So I gotta find this picture of him. Um, it might be on. I'm sure it's Twitter. all. I'm sure it's all natty. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> and then the other quote uh, seems like one of those fabricated Jeff McLean type stories that comes out every training camp for the Eagles. Um, he's pushing this narrative, which sure, I think you can make the argument, and I think Mark Cuban said this: like, um, if he could, he'd pay Luka Doncic two hundred million dollars a year, but you just can't, and he'll always be underpaid because that's what he's worth. But you can't pay a player that. Jeff McClain put a story out that uh, Hassan Reddick is being underpaid and undervalued and everything. And Hassan Reddick said, you know, I think my play speaks for itself. We'll let the things play out the way they need to be. Didn't and now sign a contract last summer. Yeah. Listen, it's and Hassan Reddick is like trying to make it a non-issue whatsoever. Smart by him. Of course, he's going to seem underpaid after the season he had. <laughs> when you have when <laughs> a historic season yourself, a part of one of the best uh, sack teams ever. Yeah, naturally. But, um, it's been a thing. I, so Zach Martin is still holding out for the mm -hmm. Cowboys. Um, listen, I am never going to be like pro owner on that side, but this is why like athletes should always take the most money. You should yes. never take the team friendly BS deal. You're seeing it with Jonathan Taylor right now about like gentlemen's agreements and all this stuff. Same with Josh Jacobs. Like, um, take the money <laughs> like there's there's no shame in it uh, you're not a bad teammate for getting uh getting your true value son reddick is paid well and got got paid last year like and i think maybe he understands that so uh here is the video of yoked mac hollins that when i saw it i was like there's no way that's him but there's mac hollins yeah he's on trend 100 <laughs> percent He looks like tan Clay Matthews. <laughs> like, does not even look human. Yeah. Well, who knows? Um, the the nice thing about training camp, though, is that every single day there is a uh, a new catch of the year candidate, and. They just pop up every single day, and it's so funny watching people like overreact to training camp catches. It reminds me of like the first time you go to the zoo as a kid, and you see like a lion or a gorilla <laughs> for the first time in your life. You're like, "Wow, these things are big and massive and scary." Um, and these people go to camps, and for the beat writers, it's like they go there every year, and they're like around the players. But they so I think they forget a little bit. They're like, "Wow." Turns out professional football athletes are like really athletic. You know, it's just always I come on. <laughs> and people get duped on it by like the most random players every year. We had it a couple years ago with Jalen Rager. He makes that one handed Odell esque catch and look what happened with him. Um but the overreaction to training camp catches and interceptions and everything is is hilarious to me. Um so yeah, that that's the fun part about training camp. Uh across the board but a uh, little bit of of Sixers news dropped today apparently uh Monster Trez towards ACL a MCL as well so um not a great injury to be uh to be dealing with um at his age too like that's that's a little tough this is a guy too that I think has lost a little bit of that burst in athleticism so hopefully he recovers well and uh you know, this doesn't affect him too much, but it's hard to see this not affecting him. Um, so Sixers do have options, uh, you know, on what they can do. You can apply and, and get a uh, disabled player exception. So that might be the avenue they go here, but uh, not great. You know, but this is also why they signed like seven centers mm -hmm. this summer. So it's all good in the end. Um, what do you make of, of Daryl Morey just going full troll mode? on the internet this off season continues to just respond to most notably 
writes to Ricky Sanchez and, and Mike Levin about the roster and it, he's he's given Elon Musk energy and it's a little it's, it's a little tired cringe. it's a little tired now it's uh, it's just very weird for a late front epic office. Harambe meme like we get it there you're very online we know like it's just very weird for a front office executive to be doing that in my opinion um, it's not Jim Irsay levels of craziness <laughs> online but it, it's not great and it's also stri- even like more like gross because it's always like responses so you don't see it on the typical timeline rundown on twitter it's always in in a response to somebody so you have to like tab over to to see all of that just just go make the roster better do your job do it just don't don't be a reply guy um we can't help it it's in his dna uh last bit here philadelphia union Brought to you by our friends over at Tomahawk Shades, who now have an all-new app that you can download in the App Store. And just for downloading it, you can claim a free pair of sunglasses. And you can peruse the app just like the traditional website. Look for your your sunglasses, your blue light glasses, your prescription lenses. Tomahawk Shades is the place to go for them. They are a fraction of the cost of the big eyewear companies. And if you lose your sunglasses, they break. They're not what you want. They have a great refund system as well. That is a lifetime guarantee. Uh, so go to TomahawkShades.com or download the app. And when you go to check out, use promo code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. Union are on to the round of 32 in the League's Cup. Uh, they match up with DC United on Thursday night at 8 p.m. How we feeling, Matt? How we feeling about the Union in the League's Cup? I feel good. Uh they they dominated their group play and uh, won pretty convincingly all three matches, which is uh, a good sign. And that's been the case for a lot of the MLS teams. Um, you know, got through their group stages and and uh, put on a, a really good showing. And DC United, uh, not a not a great team. Uh, you expect that the the Union can can win that. And this is again an opportunity for the uh, the Union to progress and and <laughs> get to a, a, a Jesus. <laughs> a potential final here. So you love to see that. Yeah. And then, uh, like we mentioned a couple weeks ago, Union's uh, MLS schedule picks back up August 20th against FC Dallas. Um, and then they'll see DC United at the end of August as well. Um, that's all we got for you guys on this one. Nice little trade deadline recap. Welcome to Philly, Michael Lorenzen and Rodolfo Castro. Uh, shout out to Bailey Falter. Um, wouldn't have gotten to the world series without you, brother. Enjoy the other side of Pennsylvania. Um, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, threads, TikTok, facebook.com slash underground sports PHI and twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI. Uh, follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. Leave a five-star rating and review. Goes a long way for helping this show continue to grow and lets us do more cool stuff that we want to do for you guys, with you guys. Uh, so go subscribe and subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week. Every show on our network, clips, shorts, live streams, original video content. We are currently at 521 subscribers as of this recording. Uh, Go subscribe. We need to get to 600 subscribers by the end of August. That is our next uh, initiative push there on the YouTube channel. So go subscribe. Be a friend. Tell a friend. And uh, big thank you to the City of Vineland, our presenting sponsor, of this podcast and whether you're a company looking to expand relocate or are a new business startup selecting the right location is critical to your success Vineland, new jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life the city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region If you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. Be sure to also get your merch, phiapparel.co, code underground for 10% off any and all merch orders. 
And this has been episode number 556 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt and KB, we're getting the heck up out of here, and we are signing off. Peace. Oh,